Welcome to the Sports and Media Show. I'm Jeff, but you're not Joe. I, well, well, I don't know what gave it away. Joe, Joe's got a prettier face than I do. So. There you go. Uh, we appreciate uh, Justin Russ from the Journal-Gazette Times Courier coming in today. Joe is on vacation, and we wanted to make sure that we could uh, continue with the show. So uh, we appreciate you coming in, Justin, and, no and to talk sports, which I know for us is a tough 20 to 30 minutes here, right? I, I know, right? <laughs> and with the week that went on this week, oh, holy cow. So much. Good and bad. And well, since you're the guest, I'll allow you to go what's your first topic today well uh frank frank deford uh passing away um great sports writer great sports commentary for decades um i the piece i will always remember of him is the bill russell piece he did for sports illustrated and that was just so iconic and that just i i read a lot of sports illustrated growing up and that piece still i still remember when someone mentions the bill russell piece and he did a lot of commentary for npr and and for hbo for Brian real sports, Gumbel yeah. for real sports, and he always, he always just seemed, I don't, I don't know, if, as the kids say, on point or something. But he always seemed right there. He always seemed yeah. to have have his have his hand right on the needle. I get it. well said, and I, I I'm glad you picked Frank DeFord to start off because I think this show owes it to a, a guy like Frank Frank DeFord, classy sports writer, always looked dapper as people said, but was so you know I'll use your phrase on point, uh, poignant, uh, could tell a great story on real sports, yeah. could write a great story for years in sports Sports Illustrated, could tell a great story on NPR radio, uh, any any I, you know thing I. I think people love about Frank DeFord is you've never really heard anybody say anything bad about him. Yeah. He was respected by everybody from the athletes to world leaders to uh, you know to uh, sports figures everywhere. So Frank DeFord, you'll definitely be missed, but at least we have a great legacy uh, of his work that we can uh, continue to review and, and watch for years to come. Exactly, and for any of the younger journalists who don't know who Frank DeFord is, there's plenty on the internet to read about him. He's great. Um, I remember his commentary on, on Jason Williams, the white chocolate controversy yeah. with that nickname. Yeah. And he, he explained it perfectly. Like, he he was always someone, some called him a curmudgeon at times. But I, I think I think that was unfair. I just think he was able to evolve more than some others. And I think he, he was a classic journalist. And I think that's what people were like, well, I mean, they said it, and like, they didn't mean it in a bad way, calling him a curmudgeon. But he, he was always just... He, he was, was a little old-fashioned, so, but that's he was old-fashioned, but in a good way. Yeah. Like he he had values and stuff that aren't exactly always there anymore. Yeah. And w- w- with terms of reporting, he was always so respectful. Yeah. So. And when you watched Real Sports on HBO, which I really got to like that show yeah. over the years, he was the one you couldn't wait till his story came. You yep. know, when when Bryant Gumbel got to his story, you just felt like you were part of something special for that ten to twelve minute period it, piece. It was always the main story yep. for that reason because he he told it so well and his interviews were always so good. There you go. Rest in peace, Mr. Frank DeFord. The other surprising news this week is another you know another firing or non-contract renewal out of ESPN. Uh, John Clayton, who's kind of got cult hero status, is not going to be on some of the ESPN football stuff coming up this fall, and that just saddens me. That's one of the tougher cuts. I've been a John Clayton fan since I was a kid. He's always been so in the know. Everyone thinks Adam Schefter or Mortensen, and Clayton would always provide these insights that were so good. It wasn't always breaking news, but it's always something he could give the insight on the team on it, and that's what was really missed. And you could go for him for a live shot, and he'd have the info like none other would not miss a beat. He he was so in the tune and so well liked by everyone. Every like, yeah. you know, even the NFL players liked him. So. And did you hear his tweet? Did you see his tweet? He's keeping, he's keeping the, the ponytail. He's keeping yeah, the was, ponytail. So which means, you know, he's having fun with it and he's not sad and, you know, he's going to probably land on his feet somewhere. He can do his own podcast. or He's, he's still going to be doing his radio show on some yeah. podcasts. And, he'll, you know, Fox Sports is, is 
sweeping up some of these guys, and I can see them getting that. If you can imagine, you know, it, the combo of John Clayton and uh, getting the other the other guy's name who always likes to battle with Mortensen on the NFL side. Uh, yeah, so name skips him, but they, they'll have a great NFL team, and and it's that's what happens when you the, the weightlifter. I can't think of his name. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's what happens when you don't. Yeah. For ESPN, it's just another sad tale that you have a guy that has such good insights, but you're not going to put him on any shows or anything. But you keep, but you go out and hire a Rex Ryan. You, I, you hire Rex Ryan. You you keep a, a Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. You you just you just have. Guys Be careful, that, Joe loves Stephen. A. Smith. I, I know Joe loves Stephen <laughs> A. Smith, but I haven't been a fan for a while, and it just the talking heads bother me because it's not journalism. You can do a talk show with journalists. Exactly. The sports reporters proved that for years. Yeah, and E60 is going to. Yeah, they're doing well. Yeah, good job. Exactly. Um, all right, another, another story from this week in sports. Um, the Denver Post. Yeah. Uh, on, uh, I can never remember the guy's first name. Um, the, the 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 driver who won the Indy Five Hundred. I can't pronounce it too well, but uh, Sato. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was his last is his last yeah. name. And he's of Japanese descent. And uh, the Denver Post writer tweeted out there that um, I don't take this personally. Which anytime you start a tweet with. Don't take this personally. <laughs> you're you're you mean for it to be taken personally. Usually somebody's um, taking it personally. Exactly, and and he was, and he clearly was. He said it, it just felt wrong for a Japanese driver to win the Indy 500 on Memorial Day, and he got fired for it. And I I say deservedly so. I I understand the reason for the firing. You know, sometimes we say things and we wish we could pull them back, and I'm sure he. I hope he feels that way, but it was the wrong thing to say. I I think there was probably I understood where he was coming from, but he couldn't. He shouldn't have said it, and uh, it's it's too bad for him. But sometimes you got to be real careful, and mostly right now in the world we live in, everybody is is really on. on, Needs to be on guard for things, and so uh, you know the the Denver paper had to make a decision. And and the one thing I like about their decision is they didn't think about it. It was immediate swoop. Sorry, this was inappropriate, and we have to let you go. And lesson learned, I guess, for future sports writers and journalists out there. And Terry Friel is the guy's name, the, the journalist, and he tried to explain, well, my dad fought in World War II. And I know it was 70 years ago, but still. Well, did you get mad when the German won the Indy 500? Did you get mad when the Italian won the German uh, won the Indy 500? Because well, last time I checked, they fought in World War II. Um, do you get mad when uh, it's Dario Franchini, and I, I thought he was Italian. I looked it up. He's actually from the United Kingdom. He's won, he's won the Indy 500 how many times, and he's from yeah. the United Kingdom. Last time I checked, we had this thing called the Revolution. Maybe I'm fuzzy on my history, but we had this thing called the Revolutionary War. Yeah. But uh, the Britons and Americans get together well. It took, when any time you're bit, talking yeah. about descent and race yeah. and ethnicity and all this stuff, you're, you're never going to – you're not going to win and you're going to look bad. Yeah. Just We have other bigger issues in there instead of always to go down there. And it makes me sad that this guy did this, and it makes me mad that he did this at the same time. And now it's something we're discussing because we have to. But, again, think before you speak. If he's so mad about a Japanese driver winning the Indy 500, look who the owner of that car was, Michael Andretti. And yeah. I could be wrong One of the here. most famous names in racing. Yeah, I could be wrong here. I'm pretty sure he was born in the USA. Um, I know go. I know his dad wasn't, but I'm pretty sure he was. And that's an American car owner, and he felt pretty pretty good for having that guy in there. I, I, it wasn't his first choice to win because he had, like, six cars <laughs> in it. And it was the most surprising one. But, you know, Andretti's cars have won, I think it's like five of the last six Indy 500s. There you go. And that's, that's as American in racing as you can get outside in Earnhardt. And uh, another kind of sad news, of course, uh, Tiger Woods this weekend. Uh, 
was arrested on suspicion of DWI, and uh, obviously the, the video is out there. It came out late last night, and the, and you've seen the pictures and, and and all that stuff. And you know, it's funny. I was telling somebody lunch today. I used to not be a really. I was never a big Tiger Woods fan. I thought he was kind of you know snobbish, for lack of a better way to yeah. say it. I actually feel sorry for the fall from grace from Tiger Woods. And, and believe me, if you if I'd have ever told anybody publicly that I feel that way, but I do, I feel sorry for the guy and I hope that he gets the proper help or, or medication, you know, just you know, changes that he needs so yeah, this doesn't happen I, again. I do too, it's sad. And, uh, I saw some tweets out there from people saying it's conspiracy theory. He blew a, you know, they, they distrusted him because he's Tiger Woods and he blew a, a point zero. That's, that's blood alcohol content. And what a lot of people actually don't realize is DUI just isn't alcohol. It can be dr- any drug. It can be as long as you're under the influence of a substance. And he was the pres- prescription medication, and, and it's sad. And you just well, it's sad to see the fall from grace. We see it from so many athletes, and you want to be surprised, and you're not. And it's just it, it's sad to see this happen to one of the greatest golfers of all time. Yeah, exactly. So. We, we've seen it happen to so many. You know, Michael Jordan and his gambling problem that we never really actually saw, but it happened. And, you know, there's just so many things out there that you, you just hope he finds – yeah, him. I saw that Jack or yeah, it was Jack Nicholas stepped up immediately so, and yeah. said that he's got Tiger, he's got Tiger's back, and he wants hope that he, you know he's there for him, and hopefully Tiger will reach out because it was funny. Tiger had tweeted like five days earlier that he's feeling his best he's felt in a long yeah. time, and and life is great or something. So, and you don't know what happened Sunday night. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that yeah. may, you know maybe he did take the wrong medicine or he, he mixed it yeah. when he shouldn't have, and. Uh, something bad happened, and he's going to pay for it in, in some way. He's already paid for it now publicly with the shame. But you know, get well and and get better, and you know, and get on with your life, Tiger. And this, you know, hopefully, I we, there's no reason to sit here and make fun of Tiger. I've seen some stuff on Facebook and Twitter. People make fun of him. You know, yeah, he, thank God that, he didn't hurt yeah, anybody exactly. other than himself. And let's move forward on this one. Some, you know, I know a lot of people are in the same position he's been in, and it's not a laughing matter. And, and it's always interesting to see Jack Nicholson, Jack Nichols, not Jack Nicholson, <laughs> Jack, Na- Jack Nicholas always stick up for Tiger. For and Tiger was always the one who was supposed to break his records, yep. and it's so nice to see that because Nicholas has always had Tiger's back and has always been their form as a mentor, and that's that's something you like to see out of out of those guys. Well said. Uh, Mike Tirico will be back on Thursday night games. There won't yes. be any of that back and forth between uh, Al Michaels and him. So the NFL and, and NBC slash NFL Network have figured that out. That's that's good. I mean, it, I like the consistency. I'm not a big, I'm not Mike Tirico fan, but at least I know now what I'm going to, ex- what I can hear on, on Thursday nights. Yeah, I really enjoy Mike Tirico. Um, I like. It. I think it's a better fit with Collinsworth because I'm not a big Chris Collinsworth fan. I think he, he's, his head's gotten a little bit too big for the booth. <laughs> well said. Um, and and Michaels is a guy who's never really been a big superstar, so him and Collins have never felt like the best pairing because Michaels has always been pretty even killed. And you know, and I've always liked Al Michaels, and and um, you know, it's sad to see him not on Thursday Night Football, but he's he's getting to that time. Yeah, Tri- he's getting there. Trico's tra- transitioning in there. You know, it's, it's weird. You're, you're seeing a Bob Costas and a Al Michaels starting. I don't want to say fade away, but taking on less roles. And that, that's who I grew up with listening to. And and Trico's been amazing though. So it's yeah. it's you're replacing one. One legend for a guy who's going toward that legend. And you want to keep that Sunday Night Football package as it is because when you think Costas, Dan Patrick, Al Michaels – I mean, three of my, you know, quote unquote heroes yeah. in sports casting. Three of the guys who are always up for the Emmys. Yeah, are right there. <laughs> so I, that's to me is the best football 
production ever put together. So I want that to stay together as long as it can. And obviously, Al Michaels is going to hang him up one of these days. So less work during the week. Maybe he'll stay on Sunday Night Football a little longer. So I, I'm, I'm all for that. I know you're a Steelers fan, but the only way to really make that better is replacing Heinz uh, Ward with um, – with maybe the reincarnation of Howard Cosell. There you so, go. I can live with that. <laughs> so, um, baseball suspensions. I think you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so Bryce Harper and and Hunter Strickland got into a big fight this weekend, and it's because Hunter Strickland threw at Bryce Harper for a home run that he allowed to Bryce Harper three years ago. Yeah, 2014, like, right? Yeah, it's so weird. But the thing, you know, that that's been hashed up enough. You know, on this podcast stuff, we talked about the unwritten rules of baseball. One thing I didn't get is all the heat Buster Posey has been getting. It's been unbelievable. People, people have been calling him out for not supporting his teammates, and he said, you know, I didn't want to get injured. And he mentioned Michael Morse specifically, and this was before Morse went on the DL with a concussion. So it's like he's got a point, and he's the only thing the Giants have right now. Yeah. If you look at the Giants. It's Buster Posey's 11 RBIs because no one gets in base ahead of him because they're awful. <laughs> yeah. They're nine and games under. Crawford, yeah. maybe right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's on the D. I think Carl yeah. Crawford's even on the DL. He's been injured this year, so it's Buster Posey's all you have. And there's people. Well, I wonder what the clubhouse is going to be like. If Buster Posey does not have full control of that clubhouse after how many World Series he's helped lead him to? Three. Those pe- those old time baseball people will say Buster Posey should have stuck up better for his teammate. Need to sit down and shut up because Buster Posey's what's been keeping them going for a decade. Yeah, and it's time for the unwritten rules and all this stuff to yeah. go away because somebody is going to dr- get hurt worse. I mean, wasn't there? Wasn't there? A, wasn't Jason Larue? His career was ended in the brawl, right? If I, isn't that the backup I think so. catcher yeah, for yeah. Cincinnati yeah. that year yep. with the with the Cardinals Reds brawl and his career was over? So I mean. Yeah. There's there's just no reason for it. I mean, you know, you can throw inside every once in a while, but you don't need to hit somebody. And you know, thank God Bryce Harper's helmet went the opposite way because if it hits him, then you know it's going to be potentially worse. So, and Buster Posey has had injuries in his career. Last year he's on the DL for a bit, and he's. I want to say the best catcher in baseball. I think he's the best catcher in baseball. Well, I, you can, I always say this: you can always make an argument that Buster Posey is the best base catcher in baseball, and there really any, nobody can argue about the argument if that makes sense. I you mean, I, I get a little controversial when I say maybe top five catcher of all time with, with all Buster Posey has accomplished. I, I might be going too far. There. He's won three World Series, and he and he's still going, and he's still playing and performing. So yeah, I get him not wanting to get hurt, and I get it. You know, enough of this stuff. The, this stuff. Uh, it needs to go away in baseball. You know, you don't see that. You don't see it as much in the youth baseball, travel baseball, college, and, 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 and even college. It's a pro thing. It yeah. needs to go away. It, it does because you're not, you're not going to be throwing at people to solve. You're teaching kids the wrong lesson. And Hunter Strickland has had his issues this year. He was happy. He wasn't happy that Derek Law was given the closers job and Lance were on there. Yep. Hunter Strickland's a bit of a problem in the clubhouse. And Bochy even said during that game, you know. We're down by one run, and we're nine games under 500. We need a win. Putting another guy on base was stupid. Yeah, it doesn't help you at all. So. Uh, Hawk Harrelson announced that next year for the Chicago White Sox will be his last year of broadcasting. Hawk's one of those love him or hate him guys, but he's had, you know he's got a lot of quick, uh, good catchphrases that people have kind of become part of the uh, the uh, baseball lingo, for lack of a better way to say it. What, what's your feelings on Hawk? Good riddance. Um, <laughs> I was wondering where you were my, going. My I favorite, know. my favorite Hawk Harrelson moment is when uh, it was back in. Put it on the board. <laughs> I remember. I remember when um, is around when the first Transformers movie came out. It's that long ago. So we're like what five deep into those yeah. now. Um, the Twins and the White Sox were playing a doubleheader that was rained out, and Justin Morneau had himself a day. This is during his MVP season. Had himself a day. I think he hit four home runs total during that day. Three in one game, and. By the fourth home run, Hawk Harrelson just didn't say a word. He's like, here's the pitch, and you hear it get hit. And pure 
silence out of Hawk Harrelson. <laughs> it's the best call he's ever had, just pure silence. So and Justin Ross will not be missing Hawk Harrelson. Well, he's been suspended by baseball twice for calling out umpires and just calling how blatant they are. And just, he's, he's just... He, oh, he's a love and hate guy. There's he is, and uh, I'm yeah, sure there's a lot of White Sox fans who like him. But Hawk Harrelson is all that's wrong with announcing, in my opinion. He's too much of a homer. He's too much of a look at me, look at me. If you think of like he's kind of like if you remember Angels in the Outfield, the announcer from that movie. Yeah. That is Hawk Harrelson in real life. All right, we'll so. stop on Hawk. <laughs> Next subject, Justin Russ. What do you have on your list? Um, well, uh, oh, Mr. Met, Mr. Met, something that just came up yesterday. Right. Uh, Mr. Met. It was the backup, Mr. Matt. I did find it. It was the backup, Mr. Matt. He uh, got a little mad at a fan and flicked flicked them off. And then, and that you know, that's just a metaphor for the Mets season right now. A metaphor for the Mets ever. A double metaphor yeah. there from Justin. Yeah, it's just amazing that people that are, you know, that you, you know everybody's got a phone. Everything yeah. is being video. We're videoing this right now. So, I mean, uh, how he didn't think that he was n- not going to get caught makes absolutely no sense to me. And now this, this poor guy's out of a part-time job. Plus, he just makes the Mets look bad. They've had a horrible two-year run of bad luck with their pitching and, you know, Matt Harvey yeah. and all the stuff. So The front office in general, yeah. I mean. If you're Mr. Met, you're the only one that's not on the DL right now with how they've handled everyone. Like no, they messed up Noah Syndergaard's lats or yeah. you know, lats or anything is what it is. Jonas uh, Cepedes, he went on the DL. He should have gone on there like three days before, and then it got worse. Yeah. Um, they didn't have really handled mishandled David Wright. That's just an unfortunate situation of injury. He got old fast, didn't he, David Wright? Yeah, he, he did. Travis Dionor, they, they don't however you pronounce his name, he can't hold a second. They don't know what to do with him. It's just. You've got Dominic Smith sitting out there in the minors, and you have no one at first base. And you're like, cool. So uh, the Mets have mishandled about everything today, uh, this year. And today there was a foul ball pop up. I heard this when I was coming in. Hey, this is news here, yeah. Yeah, uh, Wilmer Flores goes out to try and catch him. It was either the bat boy or the um, or the ball boy. Probably the ball girl down the, the, the line or ball the, boy. The, the down ball line. boy down there tried to get out of the way and ends up running into Wilmer Flores, and Wilmer Flores can't make the catch. Terry Collins for some reason goes out there to argue it. I think he wanted interference. You're Asking for interference on the ball boy who's trying to get out of the way. I need to see the video on that to, I, I, I to make too, probably a fair comment, but yeah, it's, it, but you know, some things, some things are happenstance in life. Exactly, and, and Terry Collins got thrown out of the game, and it was just, it's just classic Mets right now. It's like between them and the Browns <laughs> and some of these others franchises there the Mets are hitting that that rock between them and the Jets I should yeah, say the Jets, those yeah. two those two teams uh the NBA playoffs finally or the NBA finals finally begin tonight on the night of this taping now uh, this is Thursday uh it seems like it's been forever and uh, hardly any hype on this game Warriors and Cavaliers <laughs> LeBron versus Durant Irving against uh Stefan so uh are you uh are you an NBA fan slash are you gonna is it must see TV I'm like people um it's not really must-see TV for me, but I'm different. Like, I don't go home and really watch a ton of sports when I get home. Um, by the time it's, I get home, it's usually all over and such. But I'm interested in this one because, you know, I'm going to be the guy who's on the wrong side of this, of course. I don't mind if Kevin Durant gets a ring. He went to the Warriors because everyone says, you got to win the ring, you got to win the ring. So he went to the Warriors because he was never going to win with the Oklahoma City. Yeah. That they were never going to be built to win, a fran- to win it. They've had their chances, and they haven't put the pieces around them. Just like... Just like LeBron leaving Cleveland. They didn't put the pieces around him. Yeah, Russell Westbrook is good, but it's not to get over that hump. And yeah. He went to the Warriors to win a ring, 
and they accepted him, and that, that's the way it goes. And Reggie Jackson went from the A's to the Yankees in 75, exactly. 76. It happens. Everybody's making a big dip, deal of it now. It's been going on ever since I grew up and fell in love with sports. I mean, people leave and go over there. It's Charles a free country. Charles Barkley. Carl Malone <laughs> yeah. went from the Jazz to the Lakers, and how did that turn out to try yeah. and win a win? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Shaquille O'Neal went to every team at the end of his career. Cavaliers, exactly. Celtics, all of them. Exactly. He was chasing rings, and it's just... It's just weird because people have done this for decades, and they're just mad that they, they wanted the lore of Oklahoma City. Well, guess what? Kevin Durant wasn't drafted by the Thunder. Drafted he was drafted by, by the Seattle Supersonics, and the NBA killed that franchise. So Possibly the greatest nickname in sports, the Supersonics. Supersonics. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so I, I, the, the hate is too real. I Kevin told my Durant. friend this morning the greatest thing about the NBA Finals is you don't have to watch the entire game. Tune yeah. in right at the end of the fourth quarter. That's a great 30 minutes of three minutes of basketball, and you can see what happens. Either way, you're going to be witnessing greatness. One yep. of the be- it's not better than the Bulls team that won 72. Unfortunately, it might but. be like the best of seven series over the next five years. You I know, know right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe. It, it, it all depends know, what happens. Yeah, there's, the Celtics come on strong, depending on how they draft. But, you know, we're witnessing greatness with LeBron James, and everyone wants to make the Michael Jordan-LeBron comparisons. And I think they're great. They're both great in their own right. Yeah, why can't they both be great? You know, my, my, my favorite line, though, is still the, uh, the movie Bad Teacher, Jason Siegel. It's the only argument I need <laughs> when talking about LeBron with six rings. I love that. But, uh-huh. they're, I mean, LeBron's going to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest player of all. It's one and two. Yeah. For uh, one A and one B at this point with him. And you're going to be watching With Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a strong third, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. You have him. Bill Russell, too. Bill Russell and... He's got 11 rings. Exactly. If you want to count rings, there's Bill Russell sitting there with 11 11. rings. Last time I checked, you don't have 11 fingers. That's what that one guy said. Bill Russell's got a whole handful that Michael doesn't have. Exactly. (laughs) That's a great line, too. And and that's the thing. Like, you're going to witness greatness. You're going to witness LeBron and his team. You're going to witness Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, a really great group put together there, too. It's it's gonna be a great. It should series. be a fun series to watch, yeah. or at least you know the end of the each end of each game. You don't have to watch first half. Yeah. That's a good thing about NBA basketball. Last thing we'll touch on is we're running out of time. NHL playoffs uh, right now. Uh, uh, taping uh, my Penguins are up 2-0 over the uh, the Nashville Predators. The Nashville is probably the coolest thing in hockey in terms of how they just out of nowhere created this fan base and just cult following down in Nashville. Uh, but I'm, I'm really glad we're up 2-0 before we had to head we have to, before we had to head south. Yeah, I'm, I know some people in Nashville, so the fan base has always kind of been there. They just haven't had the postseason success. And there's at the beginning of the season, they were considered one of the best teams yeah. in the Western Conference. The regular season would go all they want. Now they're looking like the regular season carried over to the Stanley Cup instead of skipping the first three rounds. But the, the thing the thing I'm taking out of this is the most is we have a new term instrument of crime <laughs> from the catfish that was thrown onto the ice oh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. And the Pittsburgh people were so riled up. And it's like, an, see, the thing is, it's tradition in Nashville. Nashville. It's like the octopus in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. And to call the catfish instrument a crime, I know enough Nashville writers, that was, that's still been a joke. And, and I, I even joked, I'm like, I might eat some fried instrument of crime tonight. So. And keep in mind, in Illinois, for a restaurant to serve catfish, it has to actually have catfish in it now. They're, they're really, that, they passed that's, that law yesterday. <laughs> Out of all the laws Illinois wants yeah. to pass, that's the one. There you go. So Catfish makes the story we, today we, on the Sports we, and Media Show. We can't get a, a state budget, but we can get laws about catfish and food. Yes, yes. You're right, Mr. Rust, on that one. Uh, any other things before we get out of here today? Uh, no, not about that's all it hits well, I, I'm sure lot, on behalf yeah. of Joe, we appreciate you coming in today. Joe's on vacation. He'll be back Thanks next week. Me in. Appreciate you coming in. We'll definitely have you back here uh, soon. It's always good to have Justin Russ from the Journal Gazette Times Courier filling in today on your sports and media show. I'm Jeff. I'm Justin. Everybody, have a great day.